Hello, Impactors. Welcome to season one of our series, Diary of an Impactor, where I get to interview amazing women who share the highs and lows of running an impactful business. Make sure to leave a comment, share, and don't forget to subscribe. Hello, everyone. It's showing live? Yes, we Yay! are. Oh, my gosh. The journey it took to get here. <laughs> so welcome, everyone. I am really, really excited. This is the very, very first Diary of an Impactor live podcast. Yeah. So I remember who's been like my OG followers for many, many years. I have the um, life. Uh, Life After 9 to 5 podcast like many, many years ago, like 2016, 2017. And so I finally decided to bring podcasting back because lo and behold, everybody and their mama's podcasting now since I've taken a break. So I thought now would be, you know, a really, really great time to do kind of a two for one where we kind of go live, but then we also have a podcast to kind of store the information as well. And I want to do it a little bit differently. Um, than what most people are doing. I want to share the highs and lows of entrepreneurship in a way that people do not really, really expose. So before we get any further, um, let me just introduce myself. I'm going to introduce our amazing guest, my sister from another mister. So first, my name is Erica Vincent. I am your income stream strategist and your sales funnel consultant. I work with service-based entrepreneurs and I help them to sell and scale with ease. Okay. And so with us kicking off our very, very <laughs> come on with the sale and scale for ease. Right. So um kicking off our very, very first episode is the amazing of uh, I was gonna say Erica. Ebony Ruffin, and she is the owner and CEO of Ruffin Consulting Services. So, Ebony, how are you, love? I'm amazing. How are you, Erica? I am doing good. So, quickly, tell us what is Ruffin Consulting Services? What exactly do you consult with? What type of services do you offer? I love this part. Yes, thank you. Hi, everyone. My name is Ebony Ruffin. I am the CEO of Ruffin Consulting Services. My focus is changing the narrative of life insurance from a death benefit to a wealth benefit. What does that really mean? I work with business owners, entrepreneurs, families to help them identify the best life insurance coverage that their their family. And our focus is creating generational wealth. I also offer life insurance strategy sessions for licensed and it's my way of working in my industry so that we're working more together instead of apart and helping other agents kind of navigate the playing field of identifying and attracting quality clients. I love it. I'm I'm really excited because I don't see a lot of women of color in the mm-hmm. life insurance space at your level. So I see a lot of insurance agents in a sense, but you own your life insurance agency. Yes. And I don't so see a lot of people who own their agency, like they work under someone else. So mm-hmm. I mean, I'm really, really excited about that. And I'm so glad to have you on. And I wanted to kick it off with you um, because it's no time like the present to kind of integrate the services of what you do with what is going on in today's time with coronavirus, with the death of people of color um, at an all-time record-breaking high. 
right? So can you just share with us quickly, how has the COVID-19 virus impacted your services? Yes. So, well, I want to go back to just a little bit about the structure and business model. So I'm actually still a life insurance agent necessarily like an agency and I am appointed because most agents are appointed to transact business company I would say what's unique about my model is I'm not on the market pushing for one particular type of insurance based on what an insurance company is kind of telling an agent to sell so my model is more so seeking to understand what best fits the clients education first and then offering them valued solutions where they don't feel like this is more of like a sales experience that they truly understand life insurance the different types of life insurance and why it's important for their family um, I originally uh, set up my EIN and incorporated my business in Georgia in 2010 and as you know when we all first start out Uh, We are getting a taste of what we think we would like to do. And as I um, navigated more into the life insurance industry, I also identified other streams of revenue for myself outside of the sales side. So that's where Rough and Consulting Services is growing from more than just um, an agent in the market to more of an educational resource for the market to learn about life insurance so that they could buy with confidence. As it relates to COVID-19, I would say the first thing is now people have more Um, Quite honestly, as um, someone in the life insurance industry, when you're working with people, the first thing is like they don't have time. So now that they have time and I've been consistent with the information that I'm People are actually a starting to download the life insurance course. The metrics on that has increased. People are now actually booking more appointments because they have the time to. Um, But the downside to that is people, I think, are still excited in the moment when you share content, but they may not always follow through at the time of the appointment. So now I'm seeing more of where I would have to follow up more compared to before and kind of driving home the point of why they originally scheduled the appointment in order to kind of like hold their hand through the process so that they continue to understand why it's important and not just for that moment when they booked it. But it's, you know, we all get excited about something in the moment. Maybe it was a phrase that I posted or I shared an experience with them and they book the appointment but then if their appointment is a few days later people will find other things to do first before they focus on life insurance so i'm still having to keep the importance of life insurance in front of them man wow so i know i i'm guilty of this um if you know me i'm a very transparent person and i was completely um i I underappreciated the mm-hmm. um, services of life insurance. And it wasn't until I lost my dad um, many years ago, mm-hmm. um, I was pregnant, second kid, and my grandmother, my dad's mom, um, she she had totally checked out. Like this was her last son that she was burying. She's buried all the men before her. So by the time she got to my dad, she just she checked out and I had to kind of like do everything and look for paperwork. And, you know, mm-hmm. I realized that there wasn't enough coverage and, yeah. you know, and yeah. the certain types of insurance that she had. And then we still have to kind of 
pull some, you know, pull some assets together. Um, that's when I really, really start to look at life insurance differently. But there are so many people um, who still have a different per perspective or mindset when it comes to life insurance. So we're going to get in that in just a second. But yeah. I have some questions that I'm going to dive into with you. Oh and <laughs> you know, I got to kind of hit you with someone like the juicy stuff. So, so when did you realize that life insurance is the impact business that you wanted to get into? I knew when I was at a law and for me, the first light bulb was, wow, they're looking at life insurance from a totally different perspective than what we're taught life insurance is all about. So that was an aha moment. When I um, came home from college, I was checking the mail, being nosy, because something had my name on it. So I was like, what's this? And I opened up the statement and I could see that there was an amount of money in what was like calling the account. And I was like, well, I don't understand this is because I really did not save the money in that account. So I began doing my research and then I eventually asked my mom and she explained to me, um, you know, hey, the life insurance policy I got for you when you first this is a statement for the policy and then that's cash. And I was like, well, is that something that I can have now? Can I use it in my everyday because when you're younger, you just don't understand that. So she explained to me what it was. I did my own research. I found a mentor and I began to study for the insurance exam because those two moments told me something that my community had not told me, which was life insurance is more than what we think of it as, you know, a final expense. You can be able to use, have, have capital to use a retirement age or to use for an investment. Parents can get life insurance policies on their children at a young age and allow the money to accrue. So that was, those two examples were like my biggest aha moments. And then plus I actually love it. Like I understand it. It's just something that I naturally connect with. All right. Awesome. No, because you was just dropping like major, major gems. And I want to make sure that our community um, was getting that right, and so um, I also dropped the link um, in the chat so you can share that out to the audience as well over on Facebook Thank and you. Instagram. All right, so man, this is good stuff. I'm so glad you're on here. Okay, so I want to know what has been the most challenging uh, part for you as a, a life insurance agent. When I first and started owner, out, and owner, yeah. and owner. When I when I first started out, like no one wants to hear about life insurance. No one wants to talk about life insurance. And I was more so taking like a cookie cutter approach, um, thinking, okay, if I explain this, uh, people must be attracted to it and understand why it's important. And it took time, trial and error, and truly understanding who my target market is, how they receive information, how will they apply it in order to get over the what I would call a roadblock or barrier to truly connecting with my market. So if I think maybe a few years ago, like no one no one knew of Ruffin Consulting Services or no one knew of Ebony Ruffin. It wasn't synonymous like when you hear life insurance. And I worked my ass off to make sure that when you hear life insurance, you're going to think of, hey, there's this girl, Ebony. I see her all the time. She's talking about life insurance or there's that Ruffin Consulting business. Girl, look it up. You'll see it when you find it. And my biggest hurdle coming out was just like, 
I couldn't produce because I didn't have like that connection with my target market. Because most people think, well, there's a, a billion gazillion people in the world. Everyone needs life insurance. It should be easy. But first you're asking for someone's time. You're asking for their money. You're asking them to add another bill to their household. You're asking them to pay for something every month that they can't, they can't, conceptualize the importance of it. Mm -hmm. So I had to step back and take it from a place of education first, like forget a sale, education first. How do I deliver it? Some people, they like in-person meetings. Some people like to read, some people like podcasts. So I had to create a um, presence in different ways so that my learners can learn in the way that's best for them. Once I got over that hurdle and I was consistent, because a lot of times we will make changes in our business and we're looking for the results to be immediate. But I just had to stay the course. And when I was consistent, that's when people started to bite the bullet. That's when more people are booking. And as they begin to book, I begin to learn my process of like what bottlenecks I had in my process. And I studied that and I learned and I said, well, this is one thing. It's already hard enough to make that connection, right? And then you also have to build trust because you're dealing with people's personal information. Mm -hmm. How can I reduce any... Um, any uncertainties along the way, even from the booking process. So I just, I began to study my process, get feedback from my clients. And I feel like the things that I've done up to this point have allowed me to be uh, synonymous with life insurance. So those were my biggest hurdles. And that's kind of how like I got through them. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good stuff. All right. So we're going to go a little bit deeper. Cause you know, yeah. uh oh. <laughs> What yes. are the top three mistakes that people make when trying to pick or decide on life insurance policies? What are the top three mistakes that people make when it comes to picking out or choosing life insurance policies? The top three mistakes, I would say the first one is when I work with a lot of families, the mother is the mother or wife is leading the narrative of life insurance for the household and she's excited and she's ready to go. But then the spouse uh, sometimes serves as a roadblock. And instead of being able to uh, I don't want to say push past that roadblock, but find a way where the conversation works to where you can get life insurance for the entire family. Most people will just stop the process. So one of the biggest hurdles is just making sure that families are working together and are aligned with the needs of life insurance. And it's consistent no matter who I'm working with. Most of the time, the man is like, we don't need life insurance or I have it through my job. That's enough, you know, or why do you want to talk about this now? So working together as a family, um, I would say one of the, the second biggest issue is cost of insurance for some reason. And I don't quite understand people have this, thought process that life insurance is just not affordable. So because that is the cheaper than medical. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like four times cheaper than medical for a family. Yes. Yeah. And cheaper than probably people's car insurance, you know? So um, getting over the stigma that they can't afford it. Right. And I always tell people, you don't know what you can afford until you just sit down and get a quote. And then you go through the process. You don't have to push for it with an application, but start with a quote. So um, cost of insurance is the second one. I would say the third one is 
Third mistake. The third mistake. I know. So while you're thinking, let me see if I can kind of sprinkle some something on there. So yes. I know not getting enough coverage was um, my grandmother's mistake. So with her policy and with the policy that she had on my dad, not getting enough coverage um, was a mistake. Talk about that for a little bit. So that's a twofold approach. One mm -hmm. is our responsibility as a life insurance agent is to truly assess the need of the client and also make sure the need fits in their budget. So a lot of times families will say, well, you know, I only have $25 a month that I can spare on life insurance. Um, and with that, you're working with a smaller face amount. So that's the death benefit that the family or the beneficiaries receive when the person passes away. But year over year, it's our responsibility to make sure we're touching back with our clients. Have there been any changes? Do you have additional revenue where you would like to um, increase your face amount for your life insurance? A lot of times people will make a sale and then they've moved on, not really checking back with their clients to see if the face amount truly fits you know, their needs for life insurance. And then the other part is sometimes just strictly affordability. And it's best to make sure that a client have what they can afford compared to putting them in something more and then the policy lapse and then they have no life insurance. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a twofold thing and it can be a work in progress. It doesn't have to be something that's initially solved when you first get life insurance, mm -hmm. but life insurance is kind of like do a life insurance checkup. You know, should you change your beneficiaries each year? Um, do you realize that maybe um, you've taken on a new mortgage? So a $50,000 policy that you got a few years ago uh, will no longer satisfy your needs if you were to pass away and your children or your spouse is responsible for carrying on the mortgage balance. So continue to check on it. You know, make, make I create like annual reminders for me to do certain things like that. And life insurance is one of those things that you want to definitely check on. That's good. Yeah. That's good. So Thank you for sprinkling that example. Kind of told <laughs> well, I you listen. Know, I appreciate I, that. I learned best from my life experiences, which have all been yes. hot messes. But um, so we don't know what we don't know. And mm -hmm. so one of the things that I've learned just in our community is that we don't know what questions to ask. You know, people have a, a, a they like to point fingers and say, oh, like you should know better. This is out of here. Just Google it. Okay. And and Googling things is fine to a certain extent, but certain things, we you don't know what you don't know. So you can you share with us for the person that's in my seat um, mm -hmm. and they're looking for insurance or they want to shop around, what are some questions that they should be asking the life insurance um, agent, broker, I'm not sure the terminology, but what are some questions that we should be asking just to kind of uh, get a full picture of what that possibly looks like. I, I think this is actually a great topic to discuss too, because it's all about education first. Like people, um, people don't know what to ask if they don't really understand it. So it's kind of like putting the responsibility on the market to say, you should know better, or you should ask this, or you should Google it, but it's all foreign. You know, people don't understand it. So I would say like, this is why I personally uh, created a life insurance buyer's guide, because it's literally starting um, 
the, a prospective client or just anyone is starting you off with like, what is your why? Like, why do you think life insurance is important or should be important to you? And it goes through like creating an entire mindset around First of all, why is it important? What is it? And then it helps you calculate how much you, how much you need. So when looking at when looking at agents, first you want to look at someone who's licensed and appointed. And life insurance, while there are barriers to entry into the industry, um, you still want to do your own responsibility. Your own. You want to take a responsible approach to ask the agent the tough questions. It's no different than if you're going to find a tax professional or if you're going to set up a new bank account, you want to be asking the agent, are you licensed and appointed? Are you specifically licensed in my state? Which is also important. Mm -hmm. um, do you have some type of liability insurance? Like what happens if, you know, I have to file a lawsuit or something? Are you protected there? And what are your clients saying about you? Like, can you give me maybe two to three clients where I could, you know, send them an email and just ask them how their experience is? Because most clients are going into this blind. They're mm -hmm. scared to ask agents, you know, can you refer me to someone that can vouch for your experience? Yeah. They don't want to make the agent feel uncomfortable when necessarily the agent is working for the client. So it's okay to ask those questions. Um, when it comes to the life insurance side of it, some questions to start off with is life insurance is a commission-based business. So when working, when a client is working with an agent, it, it is okay to ask them, you know, like, how are you getting paid from this? Because what you don't want someone to do is create and structure your policy based on what best fits them for commission. You want them yeah. to structure your policy based on what fits you for your life insurance needs and your budget. That's and true. that's another thing that a lot of people don't really talk about because it's a touchy subject. They're just entrusting that the agent is doing what's best for them. Mm -hmm. um, I would say the other thing is a lot of people are confused on like what term life insurance is and what permanent life insurance is. Mm -hmm. And you gave a really great example earlier of, you know, someone sharing like I've been paying into this policy for 20 or 30 years and now it's at the end of the policy and I get nothing out of it. Where that is essentially what a term life insurance product does. But as agents, again, we have to make sure that we're explaining that to clients because when it's all said and done, that is creating to that's adding to the myths of life insurance, which is a term policy does nothing for me. When right. actually it, it does, it's just that you didn't pass away during that coverage period. Right. <laughs> lucky for you, yeah, you're alive. For <laughs> and like and like I have to explain it to a friend. Because it happened to, I want to say her aunt or her great aunt, um, mm -hmm. where they had term coverage and whole thing. I said, think of it this way. You buy a car and then yeah. you get insurance for the car. And then you drive this car four, five, six years and you never get into a car accident. accident. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you, but you're paying money into your car insurance every single month for four or five years. You know, but you don't get to reap the benefits of the, the car insurance policy because you didn't have right. an accident. Yes. <laughs> You know, so yeah, so you know, it, I guess it's about mindset, and it's like you know, yes, people yeah. because you can't like a car, like we get can get it and drive it every day, but it's like our body, we get in it and we live in, you know, we live live yes. in it every day. But yep. the mindset is is a little different with common people. 
when yes. it comes to, and it really, really breaks my heart because with so many people dying with like from this COVID-19 virus and so many people not having insurance and with the social band, you know, like, because for those who don't know, my husband and I are in ministry, he's a pastor. Yes. And so we see the other end of the grieving and the mourning and trying to work with um, like cemeteries and funeral homes because they're holding. And that process is so difficult. Now. Let, like, let me tell you something like yes. family, like gr grieving members are calling because sister so-and-so didn't pick them and their family to come to the barrel site because of they the can't. because they can't. And so yes. we get. I get to see the full picture of it, not only from like the financial economic side, but just, you know, people just trying to like grieve and, you know, and say their last goodbyes. And oh my God, COVID has turned everything in every industry and in every business upside down. <laughs> yes, yeah, yep. absolutely. Um, and you know, just, I, I like the example that you gave of the car, right? Because we're not questioning whether or not the premiums we're paying every month for car insurance is really doing us justice, right? We're right. driving and we're enjoying life. It's the same thing with life insurance. But what people can do is as you get older and you have a term policy, you can convert that into a permanent policy. And so mm. that's part of just the education when as as agents when we're working with our clients explaining to them like the pros and cons and the benefits term insurance maybe it's great to start off with right it's low low cost premium you can get a larger face amount maybe 10 15 years later you know you have additional income your needs have changed you don't want to go through insurability again you can work with your agent to convert that term policy into a permanent policy which then starts to uh, accumulate cash value you, it doesn't end because it's not a term policy and you have your premium set for life. So it's it, it's um, communication, education and truly having the client's interest first before your own. That's so good. And, and you guys. So, Ebony, she's dropping some amazing nuggets. So make sure that you stay and you watch if you're watching live or listen if you're on the podcast all the way to the end because Ebony is going to be gifting us with a free life insurance e-course. I'm going to tell you exactly where to go get that. So you can not only, you know, take the nuggets that she's sharing now in case you all are just watching these beautiful bosses on the screen and you can't yes. take notes. <laughs> um, you know, or, you know, but it's so much more in-depth information inside of the free e-course, the different questions yes. to ask, the um, the variations and stuff between policies. It's There's so much too. in there. It's a fun e-course. It's not boring. Um, there's uh, different segments throughout that will test your knowledge. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And the great thing is once you download the free e-course, you have it for life. Um, if you want to it's a great thing to kind of share with friends and family in your household um and i know you know most people be like girl we're not about to share no life insurance but if we're all at home this is the time to like just see if you can like get the topic out there and see how your family received it or you know once you download it if you want to share with your spouse or maybe you have a uh, college bound children or young adults that you want to begin to introduce that to them. The course is a great way to do that. It's free, it's interactive, um, it's on the Teachable platform and um, have received a lot of feedback. So I know you guys will enjoy it. I love the fact that you have that piece in there about kind of jumpstarting the conversation with the spouse. Um, yeah. Because sometimes it's not, you know, it's not the family 
it, it could be that one person, <laughs> you know, uh -huh. anyone who is a co-financial contributor to, you know, house expenses and stuff like that. And they're, they're just not in the know, or like you said earlier, which was my case, my situation, um, you know, my husband has, uh, because he's also a full-time uh, essential worker. So y'all, y'all keep him in prayer, but you know, who has life insurance at his job. And so uh, years back, that was the big, you know, well, yes. we don't need extra because we have this. I said, but you do know, God forbid, right? Mm -hmm. If your company is acquired, right? There, mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a company acquisition and yes. they start purging employees and you don't make the cut. Your, your life insurance don't need <laughs> You know, and so you know, I have we to. We need more Erica's in the household across the nation. <laughs> listen, I'm here for the people. So, um, yes. you guys, make sure you stay to the end so you can um learn how to get this free, fun, interactive e-course, and you all can just be more educated, more aware of how how to secure life after. Because what I because yes. what I found is that life insurance is not for the dead; it's for the living. Preach, and that's it's why it's a, living, it's, it's a living benefit and a wealth benefit, not just a death benefit. Yes, come on, somebody. <laughs> so, you know, and I think the more that we get comfortable talk because we, it's like certain things that are. Our community, our culture just don't like to talk about money overall, being broke, bankruptcy, being poor, getting <laughs> welfare, you know, just all of those things that kind of yes. make us fit into this box of failure. Things that we don't like to talk about, but then also there's that box of I don't want to think about uh the negative or someone not being here. But honey, listen. But what we should be saying is I don't want to have lived this life and have demonstrated to people how I live. And when it's time to bury my parents or my spouse or you know my children, I have to start a GoFundMe account or I have to reach out to friends and family. I have to ask the church for money. Like we we should start to feel that, feel the pain of like, wow, you know, I have been spending money in my life every day. I have been showing that I can ride in the finest car and dine at the finest restaurant. I can share my vacation pictures all over Facebook and social media. But when it's time to have to lay a loved one to rest, I, I don't have the money to do that. Right. And that's not a good look for us, although mm -hmm. it is a common behavior, but it doesn't have to be our common behavior. It doesn't right. have to be the narrative about our households and community. We can do better. And the best way to do that is like platforms that you have where we're actually talking about it. Like if it's two people that take something away from here and they share it with their family and they're like, okay, you know what? Maybe we need to get a little bit more serious about it. The more we keep it in the face of our community, mm -hmm. then that's how we're going to see change. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. All right. you guys. So we talked a lot about um, Ebony, the service provider, right? Now I want to talk about Ebony, the CEO, the boss. Okay. Yes. So we're going to take on one hat. And we're going to put the other hat on. <laughs> So they got one wig and put the other wig on. <laughs> the wigs is giving life today, honey. I'm mad I have to curl my hair first time in the month. Um, so shout out to my stylist. I miss y'all. Gonna be the first one in your chair. Okay, I digress. Yes, me too. Yes. <laughs> so Ebony, what are some things that you do to help build your clientele? And so this will be like an entrepreneur question. Okay. Yes. So building clientele comes from. 
it's not just about what you know, right? It's great that I know life insurance and I, I'm good at it or whatever, but also a piece of doing business is law of attraction, personality, and trust. Mm, that's good. And those things speak a lot about you before your knowledge will speak about anything that you're a subject matter expert in. So for me, attracting my clients comes from showing up exactly who I am and then also having a personality to engage with them. Like one thing I've learned is when when working with clients on life insurance, they do not want that feeling as if like you're just here to do a business contract with them. Mm -hmm. Like you really have to connect with what's going on in their family household. So that's one way of attracting my clients is just by being relatable. Um, social media and then funnels have done wonders for me. My favorite um, word. <laughs> yes, before I started, um, before I started on social media, I did not have a personal presence on social media. So I was working my business the old school way. Um, and then I learned like, this is just ridiculous. Like I no longer can do this. So I had to build a online presence and I worked with experts to do that because I knew if I was going to put my business out there, I wanted to do it in the best way. Then I began to learn about the click process. Like how do you bring clients in and then how do you retain them based on like where they're clicking on the page. And I use technology to help me with, retaining my customers once I get their attention. Um, social media is great, but you can't always, you, you have to let technology work for you behind the uh, behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, another way is having, I would say having angels or people on the field speaking for you. Um, a lot of times people will speak for you in rooms and environments where you haven't had a presence before, but that audience, yes, a whole blessing. <laughs> I'm telling you a, a lot has changed for me when I, I do feel like people have watched me and they wanted to see, is this person who they, uh, who she say she is, is she consistent? And is she really doing right by clients? And I feel like once people begin to see that and could trust me, a lot of opportunities came because someone else spoke on behalf of me to an audience and room and group that I wasn't even a part of and didn't even know about at mm, first. Um, so that's how business has actually worked for me. Mm -hmm. um, and, so and I'm thankful for that. I have a part two to it because you said something that was so key. And I don't even think you realize you said it. But when it comes so most entrepreneurs have this thing where and, and this is how I can gauge and tell what, what where the mindset is. Most mm -hmm. entrepreneurs would say, oh, what I have to offer, it's for everybody. Right. But, oh, but yeah. with you, you're very um, niche specific. Right. So here's the thing. Everybody don't die. Mm, I don't yes. Who you are, I don't care where you live. I don't care. You know. Like whatever your status is, everyone is going to everybody going to die, but everybody not going to buy. And I need to focus. My on God, that is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst. So even though everyone is going to die and essentially your services are for everyone, you mm -hmm. target a specific type group of people. Talk about that. How did you get so your First, I had to learn the hard way. 
because when I started years ago, I did come from a mindset of it's life insurance. Everybody needs it. <laughs> that will send you down a rabbit hole that you can't get out of. <laughs> you're going to be frustrated. You, you're going to be mad at people because you're like, they don't get it. I don't understand. But what I had to do is focus in a market where people are already on an intentional financial journey. Right. So life insurance is just a piece of the bigger financial plan. So I had to focus in the space of where are people hanging out that's talking about budget? Where are people hanging out that's talking about wealth? Where are people hanging out that's talking about, hey, as a mom or a wife in a household, how do I be the CEO of my household, my family, my business? Because it's not just about um, entrepreneurship and business owners. It's about also protecting our families as well. So I focused on the market of their mindset is already there. They just need to know I need to be a piece of their puzzle. And mm. that piece of their puzzle is the life insurance to help them protect what they're working so hard, so hard to create. And then also showing them like, yes, it can fit in your budget. And this is how. Mm -hmm. Now, and it's oh not a male God, or female thing either, because a lot of times I feel like because there's a strong force of women empowerment, that a lot of times we're um, forgetting about the men of the households that need life insurance as well. So I made sure that I'm my. my Content is where male and female can take it in and absorb it because men need life insurance too. And if if we're leaving the men out, we're still doing a disservice to our community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, mm -hmm. I made sure that I just didn't focus on uh, life insurance for women, but life insurance for those who have the mindset and that are ready. And for those that aren't quite ready, what I did is I came up with resources to reach them. That's so that they could learn. Yeah, that free course, podcast episodes. Yep. For those interviews. Yes. And, <laughs> and giving them resources where it doesn't necessarily mean I'm booking appointments over and over and over to explain and convince, but I'm giving them something to work with and they're taking baby steps to get to me so that when oh, they come, so you know, they have a sense of confidence that they know what they're talking about and that. It, because a part of it, too, is sometimes people um, are embarrassed or they lack confidence to talk about it. They feel like they're embarrassed to say that they don't have it yet or they don't quite understand it. And it's OK. Like, well, it's, but what's embarrassing? So I don't know, because I guess I, I go by a, deep, a beat from a different drum. Like, I literally don't care what anybody thinks or says about me. So it's hard for me. Like when I, I hear <laughs> I know that's why we sisters, but so it's hard for me to digest when I hear you say things like, you know, people are embarrassed or they want to ask questions about X, Y, and Z. What are they embarrassed about? I think part of it is so we live in a world of uh, social media, right? And so um, it's easy for people to like portray like their lifestyle on social media and maybe that they have it together. Or they're taking, you know, that false living. I, I have it together. And even if they have it together, we all are still missing something. You know, that's why we are a part of the Amount Financial crew. Like, yeah. that's where we're getting more information about what we may be missing to make our whole puzzle complete. Right. So some people struggle with like, okay, well, I look like I have it all together and, you know, I don't even have life insurance, but I'm spending like this, but that's more of like, Hey, <clears throat> disregard the ego. And let's talk about how we can get you exactly what you need. 
Yeah. And then again, a lot of people just don't want to talk about it, whether it's fear, they don't have time. Um, some people just really don't care. Their whole point is if I'm dead and gone, like my family will take care of it. So, you know, there's just different mindsets. Yeah. Oh, this is so, oh, this is so good. So like one of the biggest takeaways I want you all to get um, from this entrepreneur uh, piece of the interview is once you niche down, so one of the things that Ebony said was she realized that she didn't want to do a lot of convincing, right? She oh, wanted no. to yeah. That takes time. <laughs> listen, and it's, it's non-billable time, that part. Yeah, ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what Ebony said was so, was so key for all, for all of the entrepreneurs out there and the aspiring entrepreneurs, you know, how do you know when it's time to niche down? One way that you know it's time to niche down is when you're doing way too much convincing Right. And, and you spend so much time trying to convince people why they need what you have. And and it's time to start getting around a circle of people whose mindset is already there. And you just need to put the yes. opportunity in front of them because they completely get it. Right. Yeah. And so that's why you would hear people say, you know, new levels or, you know, like, you have to change your circle. Like when you want to elevate and, and progress and be profitable and, you know, create generational wealth, there's just certain mindsets of people you just can't be around because they won't get it. Now you can love them with the love of the Lord, <laughs> but you know, you know, some people like, girl, you really think like that? Like I said, yes. I was on the phone. God forgive me. I was on the phone the other day talking to a good girlfriend and we were talking about carrot bars um carrot gold and we were talking about like you know because you you have to buy gold and like ounces and grams type of measurements right well when you're talking to like people like where i come from <laughs> and you talk about, like, about to say now make sure people because those measurements can also apply to like <laughs> that's, i'm getting there so, so, you know, when you're talking to people, you know, about carrot bars and buying gold and grams and ounces, and they like, I, I said, no, like, this is legal. Like, for like, yeah. you know, it's, it's different when you can have a conversation and, and have the two words grams and ounces in it, and it's legal conversation. So that's yes. how you know when you like got a different mindset. Yes. Different. Yes. So I'm like, oh no, you like, I, well, I probably should buy me some. No, you need to do some more research because you ain't there yet. <laughs> but at least you told her to do her research. Yeah, because I'm not some things I just don't want to educate people on. Some some things I need you yes. just to go read it for yourself because we don't like to read. I don't know why we don't like to read, but mm -hmm. we don't like to read. And it really it bothers me now. I'm not going to read like a long three page email. Like I'm, yes. I'm just not, yeah. but you know, something that you can kind of skim over, read skim a couple over, paragraphs and get to read up something. Come on, man. Yeah. But anyway, I digress. Oh my God. This is all good. Yes. All right. So let's get down to some more juicy stuff with you. What is your biggest okay. fear as an entrepreneur? Hmm. Okay. Uh, this is my natural answer without me like overthinking. It's not that it's not a fear, but I think looking for that point where you're just like, ah, I, you know, like that aha moment. And while I'm thinking I've experienced the aha moment, there's a specific aha moment that I'm looking for. Like, hold on, let me just grab something really quick. Um, and the reason why this is important is because I, I read The Purpose Driven Life by 
Rick Warren. Mm -hmm. And I have that in my audio library, my audio book yeah. library. Yeah. And, you know, every day we're in this process of doing whatever we're doing right. And we're thinking like, it's going to lead to something greater or it will be a huge impact in the world. And so part of me is like, will I have that worldly impact where, um, you know, I can have offices not just in the u.s but outside of the u.s like will i have so and the reason why i grabbed this is because i would say part of the fear is like will i accomplish this right and um i know a lot of people talk about being fearless and not having fear but listen fear Lies. exists in whatever form that it does exist in right right so i put that um and this is from this is dated September 13th, 2018, 1:41 p.m. I said, I want to be the number one sought after life insurance agent and broker across the across the globe with multiple firms in US, Europe, Asia, and South America. Ruffing Consulting Services will be equipped with the mastermind of success and harmony along with the resources to accomplish this as my definite chief aim. And so, so that's your success. Is, that's your definition. Yes. You've hit that. So the fear is yeah. something we'll, happening we'll and you're not hitting that. Yes. Yeah. Am I taking the right steps daily for this bigger goal? Like, mm -hmm. I don't want to take the, the steps daily for just the day-to-day -day task, like just because this is what I'm doing, but am I pivoting and scaling to like truly get here? Mm, that's so good. That's so good. All right. So you told me the book that you're reading. So I'm not going to ask you that question and you all please read that book. So I want to know what are some must have business tools that you use for marketing your business? Oh, so the first thing is Miller light. Come on. Um, Girl. <laughs> Oh, in the metrics, people are so people Miller Lite. Yes, Miller Lite. Miller Lite does a lot. Yeah, Miller Lite is Miller Lite is my Miller Lite is my go-to. I love the back end and how you can set things up in different segments. Oh wait, pause for people who don't know what's Miller Lite. I got all excited. Oh, so okay, so I'm gonna tell you my progression in life. Way back in the day, I started off with Constant Contact, and then from there, I transitioned to Mailchimp. So you know, I kind of you know started with me a Honda, then I upgraded to. I would say MailChimp would be, you know, maybe a Beamer or something. And then lo and behold, Miller Lite comes along. And Tesla. Like, and I didn't even, girl. Tesla. Someone in the IT world had to tell me about it because I had no idea. Like, and, and no uh, disrespect to the other two companies, but I'm just telling you, like, Miller Lite for, it, it, they solved a problem for me, which was like, continuity customization um, how to retarget um making it simple um the metrics like it's it's not so complicated right so right. i love miller Super light i live in the land of simple yes yes yeah. and so did miller you light is, uh, huh you see the new the, the new miller light feature that's out with the website component no i don't think i log in there but it probably has flashed up or I've gotten an email and just yeah. ignored it for now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, 
Melner Light, I absolutely love. Um, I do a lot on social media, but I do it intentionally. Like I'm very intentional with my social media, um, with what I put out there to get what I need in return, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, that means hashtags really have worked for me. Some big opportunities have come from hashtags. Like people have found me. Um, and what I do with hashtags is I use a combination of industry hashtags, um, local hashtags, mm. as well as like financial hashtags. Like, so I can stay in that market. Remember we talked about that yeah, market yeah. earlier. Um, and I use other people's resources and platforms to market myself. So, you know, while Leverage. the world is this big, yeah, I may have like, you know, this amount of attention of people. So through law of attraction and trust, I've been able to position or leverage myself on other platforms, where if the million people watching and following them trust that person in their platform, then they're gonna trust me as an expert as well. And then that's a funnel that comes all the way down to people booking appointments with me. Um, other things that have worked for me are speaking engagements, podcast episodes, um, and I would say that's probably the, the main things for me. Wow. So as we, um, begin to wrap up, I cannot believe that we are holding to this time. Yeah. You, you get two colored chicks talking about things yes. that they are really, really excited about. And we hold to the time. I think every pastor should take notes. <laughs> Sorry. We came here with uh, intention, but also expertise, right? Yeah. So, you know, we we are focused. And um, another thing, you know, I just want to share with everyone on the live, systems even work to help us collaborate to bring this to you all today. So it's important that, like, with your business, you can't physically be in it all the time. And um, if you don't have a system in place, I definitely recommend, you know, you reach out to Erica. She will help you map out what you're doing manually in your business and help you insert automation um, so that you, too, can capitalize on automation and focus more on revenue generating activities for your business and not so much of the manual part of it. Thank you, Ebony. I know she's going to do a shameless plug on me like that. I appreciate you. Yes. All right, so Ebony, get ready to wrap up. I want you to share with all of the prospective clients who could be watching live or watching on the replay or listening um, live or listening to the um, podcast replay. Um, where can prospects find you on which specific platforms if they have additional questions, if they want to get started? Because can you help people outside of Georgia? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So, so tell Georgia, us. Is, mm -hmm. Georgia is where I hold my home of resident license. As real estate agents, we can transact business in other states by way of a non-resident license. And we are able to do that as long as our home of residence license is active and it hasn't been terminated. And we have our fingerprints on file for our home state. So some non-resident states, I think either California or New York made me do additional fingerprints to be able to transact business in their state because they wanted my fingerprints on file in their database. They wouldn't accept 
you know, my home state. So to the short answer of that is yes, I service clients outside of the state of Georgia. Um, and the best way to get in touch with me is I always like to start with the website, which is roughingconsultingservices.com. The website gives you an overview of the solutions. You can easily make an appointment for a free life insurance consultation. And you can even go there if you tap the shop link and download the e-course for free. Um, in terms of social media, you can find me on Facebook as well as Instagram at Roughing Consulting Services. Um, all platforms provide a plethora of information that at some point you're definitely going to find valuable. Um, and I look forward to working with you all. I muted my um, my sound because my keyboard, I hate that pecking sound. Yeah, I didn't want that to... I mean, some people that like they're okay. Oh, it went through twice. Well, oh, okay. So in the comments, I put the website where you can um, find her, and then Instagram, <laughs> and then um, the um, Instagram username, so you can go follow her and catch some of her um, her content daily and see what she's up to. And then also this ticker that's going across the screen at the bottom, you um, go to impacttoincrease.com forward slash episode one, and you will be able to um, opt in. <laughs> you'll, you'll be able to opt in and receive that free e-course that she was talking about. And she has some other goodies um, under that opt-in page as well. So make sure that you all sign in and get that and stay in touch with her. And like she said, if you're one of the people where um, she may be like struck an aha moment for you, like, you know what? I don't really know a lot about life insurance or, you know, maybe I should be asking some questions or maybe just kind of see what kind of quotes are out there. And you're one of the people who you know, I, I'm embarrassed to ask. So inbox her, yeah. DM her. Yeah. Like she, she wants to and help. It's confidential her. and professional. So, yep. Yep. you know, I know a lot of times uh, people can get nervous because you're on social media and you're not sure how confidential the person is with answering your questions or, you know, receiving your information. But first and foremost, uh, professionalism is number one and it's key. And your questions and your application process, your intake forms, everything is confidential. And so we are definitely held to a certain standard uh, in the life insurance industry. So I just want to give you that peace of mind as well. Well, Ebony, I can't thank you enough for having you be my guest and come on and kick off the very, very first episode of Diary of the Impactor. I'm so thankful that you came and you shared so much information. And I really, really hope that this will impact someone and empower someone, will encourage someone to take the next step into securing their life after um, policy. So with that being said, leave us with what your definition is of an impactor. My definition of an impactor is someone who identifies their purpose. And when your purpose is bigger than you, you have a calling. And so I ask that as an impactor for myself, that I'm able to serve my greater calling in the world. And it supersedes anything that I could have expected that I could be my reason could be here on be here on this earth. So I just want to continue to tap into my calling. Uh, and that's part of being an impactor. And this world is more than just about my day-to-day -day task and what I'm doing, but it's about a, a bigger purpose and calling in life. Oh, I and love that's you so much. I'm going to steal that. 
<laughs> I love that so much. All right, you guys. So thank you all for watching. Thank you all for staying tuned. Connect. Um, follow these resources. Download these resources. And Ebony, hang on.